At Farmers Insurance, we know that a bundle of joy can sound like many different things. But to us, a bundle of joy sounds a little more like this. Because we know when you bundle your home and auto insurance with Farmers, you could save an average of 20%. Really? My bundle of joy just makes a lot of drool. Ah, the joys of parenthood. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Welcome back to Glee on the Rocks. I am Ash. Uh, I'm Emily. And I'm Mandy. And this episode, we are talking uh, the Sue Sylvester Shuffle. Ooh, it's the 11th, uh, 11th episode in season two, and it premiered on uh, February 6th, 2011, which uh, for, for people that probably are not listening to this podcast would know is the day after the Super Bowl. I don't know that. <laughs> I just know that because you- I did research. Are you saying that our listening audience is not also a Super Bowl audience? I'm just saying the Venn diagram between our audience and huge Super Bowl fans is probably two circles. Was that maybe the problem of airing this episode after the Super Bowl in the first place? I mean... Is that maybe something we should talk about in this episode? That might come up. That might come up. Yep. That might come up. Spoiler, that might come up. Uh, so it's just a little a little bit of background for, for everybody that has not rewatched the episode anytime recently. Uh, when Coach Beast recommends the members of the football team to join Glee Club and prepare for a performance during halftime in their final championship game, uh, things turn out pretty bad. Coach Beast and Will also have hopes that the two groups can end their rivalry. Sue asks her Cheerios and Glee Club to choose whether to attend their cheerleading regional championships or perform at halftime. Meanwhile, old lovers uh, begin a new spark. Uh, this episode was written by Ian Brennan and directed by Brad Falchuk. And as noted, it uh, it followed the Super Bowl. Um, just as a quick aside, um, it did follow the Super Bowl, so it had the it is the highest watched Glee episode because of that, and it actually had like a 47% increase over the uh, episode previously that's just which, not really fair though that's not a fair assessment it, it's sort of like a I, I don't understand the people that are like i finished watching the super bowl well first of all i don't understand the people that are like i want to watch the super bowl so hey. there's there's my my problem but anyway they're like <laughs> i i just watched the super bowl but i'm not going to change the channel i'm just going to leave it on whatever comes next i'm just going to watch that that like, sounds like the american that. I was gonna say it's exactly what happens. Yeah, we're so drunk and so full on burritos and chips and salsa, and you're so tired after what should be an hour and a half game has taken sixteen hours that you just you can't reach the remote. So mm-hmm. whatever's left, and now Super Bowl commercials look exactly like TV shows. You just don't even realize that a show has come on. That's fair because in this. Uh... In this episode, Glee actually had an in-character commercial where they popped up in a Chevrolet ad and oh, were singing right. a song. I forgot about that. In a Chevrolet ad. So that's fair. It's a fair mm-hmm. argument. I guess I, guess I just, I, this is talking politics of, of football and sports um, that I don't really have a lot of, I don't have a lot that I can come, I can have this argument or conversation about because I'm not a sports ball person. But like, I just don't, I just, I'm like, we all have remotes. You can like literally hit the off button or any other buttons. It's, but a, okay, big, I guess. it's a big deal to be the show that gets to air after the Super Bowl. Oh, I get, I get that's a big deal. I just don't understand why. Because money. I mean, clearly, a, a, clearly a lot of people aren't changing the channel. Yeah. It's not like what I'm saying is correct. I just don't <laughs> understand. Like clearly what I'm saying is wrong. However, there have been declining um, viewership in the years. So I think more people are agreeing with me. Then again, most, there's also declining viewership in the Super Bowl. So there's also that. Anyway, yes. uh, this is all to say, this is the most watched Glee episode because people don't understand how, how remotes work when they're in a food coma. 
And um, so that that's a thing. Also, it was the second most expensive episode. Um, the New York episode was the most expensive because it was obviously it was in New York. Um, but this episode cost $5 million, which I assume if you're going to be running after the Super Bowl, that makes sense. You are going to go all the fuck out. But just uh, as, a, as a reminder for people, uh, all the $5 million went to professional fire breeders, BMX bikers, jugglers, the <laughs> USC marching band, Katie Couric, pyrotechnics, crazy amounts of elaborate costumes and special effects makeup, um, an on-set cannon, and over 500 extras. That, so, seems, and there were, yeah, that seems fair. Yeah, so I'm like, that, that was, you got a lot for $5 million. Uh, there was also a lot of setbacks with uh, filming because everybody had laryngitis and the flu because you have production time and you guys are all probably making out with each other and not just on screen. So Yeah, it seems like that. that was the thing that was happening. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. You're like legally so, uh, required to say allegedly. Yeah, and the change of that makes, that means we're no longer culpable. Because, yeah. you know, you're immediately going to go for our podcast for, mm-hmm. you know, pursuing and making money. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the reception, the critical reception to this episode was, was fairly middling um, to almost scathing. Um, to be quite honest, I, I did not hate this episode. I have some issues with it. But, like, I didn't hate it. I felt I thought all the music was pretty damn fun. So, like, I'm good with that. But... Um, looking through the reviews, it was, it was either meh or angry to the like Vanderwerf, which I may be just quoting this person just so I can say the name Vanderwerf, observed that Glee keeps tossing the same elements into the hat and coming out with similar results as though the only thing anybody's putting any effort into are the musical numbers. I mean, they're not entirely wrong there. Yeah. It's hard to argue. I mean, I feel like that is a lot of what we said with with some of our criticism is mm. that it's just like you're going to continually rehash the same exact plot and not care about moving anything forward. So interesting that I guess some critics were starting to see that in season two because I thought it took until season three for people to start cooling off towards it. But, but clearly I was wrong. Well, it's all, I mean, this episode is really hard to critique because... I mean, we're going to, but it's hard to critique because it's it's not written it's not written for a Glee audience, nor yeah. is it written for a football audience. They tried to do both, and they ended up with neither. There's it's not an episode that can stand alone for people who have never seen Glee, right? Like if you came into this episode having never seen uh, uh, any of this you wouldn't have any idea what was going on, right? You'd be like, mm-hmm. so there, there are cheerleaders in bra, cone, like cone bras and BMX bikes. And there are people who sing and there's a football club and there's a whole other school somewhere else who showed up at the foot. Like there's, n- <laughs> there's nothing in this episode that's really meant to be standalone for an audience of people who didn't turn off the Super Bowl. And at the same time, it's pandering to the people who didn't turn off the Super Bowl. So it kind of moves some stuff forward in the plot with Karofsky tr- uh, having having his come to Jesus moment and then reverting all over again. And the um, Finn and Quinn stuff and they shoehorned Kurt and Blaine into it even though they weren't originally in the script in the first place. And then it doesn't, none of it really kind of matters anyway, because it's not meant to be, it's, it's a special episode. That's not really a, a, an episode of Glee. So it doesn't, it doesn't work on its own and it doesn't work in the season. And it's just like, why, why does this exist? Yeah. And also like, stop calling everything regionals and nationals. Cause it's really. Semi-regionals. Semi, semi's own national regionals. Something. I will say, I think, I don't know that this is necessarily, it's not that this isn't an easy episode to get into because there are worse episodes. If you are not a 
um, if you were if you were if you were like a new fan to get it to to start watching. Um, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I know there are worse episodes. There was just like, what the fuck? You know, maybe the breakup spoilers. <laughs> that was probably that one probably would make no sense if you had no idea who these characters are and why everybody's crying. Um, that would that would probably probably wouldn't work. But also at the same time, I I feel like this is they leaned heavily on the football team for obvious reasons, but right. they also made the football team antagonistic mm-hmm. and idiot. And it seems like a they bad are. move for a football Which audience. Seems like maybe you shouldn't do that if you're going to be yeah. following football. And at the end of the day, the point of this of the episode was you need to let some football stuff go and embrace musical theater, which I'm all here for. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how much of that audience is here for that. Um, so yeah, it just it felt like like this doesn't make the most sense. Yeah. Like I I get I get you using the football team, but and I'm not saying you should have done it from a sympathetic football team perspective. I just there's there's I don't know. I feel like they may have written themselves into a corner because you you've you've already previously depicted them as assholes. Um, yeah. So how do you walk not that do that? Um, yeah. How do you walk that back? How do you how do you retcon it? I mean, you guys do anyway, so maybe that doesn't fucking matter. Maybe you just do, but I don't know. Yeah, so that it, it, it's 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 interesting. I will say I do disagree. I thought this episode had banging music. So any any critic that said this episode sucked on the musical side, I was like, I don't know, I don't know what you guys are smoking, but like, I love this episode musically. So okay, whatever. Just enjoy it myself in my little corner of the world. That's fine. Um, I didn't really have any problems with the music. I just thought, I thought it was interesting that uh, an episode that was specifically designed to air after the Super Bowl in February had a Halloween-themed mashup. Yeah, right. I mean, like I get, I get why they did because literally, I... just look at whatever. Okay, so. Um, Around that time, um, but it was supposed to be a Michael Jackson episode. It was, and they decided not to go to do that. But they wanted to keep the thriller particular uh, dance number because at that time, that that viral video of the Philippine um, inmates doing the thriller video was going around, and basically Ryan Murphy picks all of his ideas from just random shit that literally just pop up. He really does. So that's why that was there because yeah no it makes no sense like why are we all zombies and singing yeah. thriller in fucking february mm-hmm. but that's partly why um because he doesn't go oh that's a cool idea i'll bank that for when it fucking makes sense and it's like i'm gonna do the thing now yeah and to be to be fair like i felt that number was incredibly cool so like you did not need the philippine inmate um dance video which side note i haven't done a lot of research into uh, like the philippines like penal system so please don't come for me but (laughs) every time i see that video it does make me question things like how consenting were these probably not very yeah i do i do have i do have issues and thoughts of that entire video especially what's going on with duterte right now so yeah probably moving on consenting now anyway um that being said, I don't feel like that that video or that musical number needed, you know, that viral video as an explanation. Like that straight yeah. up lives on its own. You could you could have held off for that to like October and you used it, it and would've, it would've would nobody would fantastic for Halloween. Yeah. Right? Right. Anyway. Um yeah, so now I, I thought I thought everything with the music was great this episode, but that's fine. I'll I'll discuss that more when we talk about all of the songs at the end. So let's talk with let's talk about the one that took up the most time and we all least care about McKinley. Um, I literally have one note here, guys. I'm sorry. Is it? I did I did a lot of research into other things and and like critic responses and memes, mm-hmm. but as far as notes and thoughts on like the entire fucking McKinley storyline, I have one note. Is uh, let's say oh, okay. I want to play. Guess what Mab thought? And... 
ding, 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 ding. I feel like there needs to be a song here. Guess, guess what Mad Software? Is it? Um, I am going to, so you have one thought on McKinnon's going to be less. I mean, I feel like that's a standing notification um, for me. Like, that's yes. just a standing note for, like, the entire fucking series. Yeah. Less shoe. It's like he's not even in this episode. Left shoe. That's true. Yeah. Which is why I figured that you liked it. Well, see, okay. I I don't dislike this episode. I just it, it I like it. It just isn't like one of my favorites. As far as like my favorites has more Kurt and Blaine. I'll be honest. I'm just that's me happy. Um, what I what I didn't with the one note that I put for um, uh, for McKinley was basically I don't understand trying to bring together. Uh, people who have harassed oh, like yeah. one of your supposedly good friends to the point of him having to to leave and go to a different school, yeah. and you're just like, we should try to be friends. And I'm like, that feels like this is past that point. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I just I feel like the adults are adults in the room. Question like quotations around all of that are um, living in a sense of denial about the the exact nature of everything and that's for us and it just reminds me of like the number of times like I'm sure we've all experienced going through life and you're going through hell from somebody and somebody's like basically like whether it be one person an entire football team whoever and it's it literally feels like hell and adults are just kind of downplaying and minimizing it and sort of just like it's not that bad so like this is reminds me of that part of my life when it was just like you guys don't fully getting how bad this is for me mm-hmm. i'm like yeah dick adults uh, so yeah i guess i guess at the end of the day this note was a shoe he's a dick well done emily yeah it does seem a very um afternoon special for the way to fix the problems is to make the bullies and the the victims work together more and not let's punish these people that we all know are harming and harassing our students but instead like let's make them rehearse together and and be part of this team just just more yeah because that these generally kids are, these kids are dicks and harass these children let's make them hang around these kids more yeah immersion that sounds like therapy, a good idea. immersion therapy yeah. really tends to work in this situation right and I'm sure it has absolutely no, no, like, counter-effects. Yeah. Or, exactly, lasting, la- bad, lasting bad effects for, for the said children that have to be used as immersion therapy. Yeah. Literally, the Glee kids are the bees. Yeah. I mean, so is this bad writing, or is this the writers just really having no concept of, like, levels of how serious bullying can be? thing where they're just like we're just gonna pretend that this problem we wrote as so bad he had to leave the school isn't actually that bad so that we can do our come together and do a dance number episode i feel like i i i do feel like in this instance it's that one because i cannot imagine like ryan murphy has big ass blind spots big ass blind spots and he writes women very poorly but also as a gay man, I, I sort of feel like you have to understand if somebody literally had to leave the school because of like fear of like physical represent like of being physically assaulted, that then trying to be like buddy buddy with them is bad, right? Like you, I'm, I'm I mean, sure as a gay man you've you had to would, experience shit. You would think, but do you remember some of Karaski's later storylines? No, there are no, no later storylines. What the fuck there are you There are no later storylines. <laughs> oh, sorry. It must be a, must be a really bad makeup. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> but, but that is why I'm, like, dubious about Ryan Murphy actually taking bullying that seriously when it comes to writing his storylines. Um, not that I, I think I, as a human being he doesn't understand bullying, but I do think he is very willing to suspend his disbelief in some situations in order for a convenient easy plot um so that's literally my the one note i had for mckinley oh no no i take that back my other half note was just like the the quinn finn storyline like while i do believe that relationship makes more sense from a like if this was like actual people having a relationship they are people that i think work better together in some cases Mm -hmm. 
the the dangling carrot approach that Quinn does drives me mad in a in a like as a as like a woman or just like as watching a character. It's like what you did today really made me proud and want to be your girlfriend. And it's like I'm going to use relationships and my sexual not my sexuality as like to get you to do what you what I want. But it's very manipulative mm-hmm. in a demeaning way. Yes. And I'm not into that. I'm really, really, yeah. Yes, they all just that. need to take some time for themselves, maybe go on like a yoga retreat, you know? With some goats, a goat retreat, like, if you will. Yoga. Please if try we were, a little kombucha. If we were still airing, I think they would do a goat yoga episode. Oh, for 100% sure. Okay, and who would be running it? Because, frankly, all I'm seeing is right. Oh, yes, she owns um, a goat farm. Uh-huh. Brittany runs a Goga studio in, okay, no, no, this is exactly a goat. She would, the Goga craze would start with Brittany because she owned a goat farm and somehow decided to randomly, leave, like, open the pen and um and her goats got into her yoga studio and everybody's like oh and it's like somehow in brooklyn because reasons in new york and that's how they run things and sometimes like it's the hot new thing you have to go try this new yoga studio that totally has goats and it it sweeps the nation that is exactly how it would run yeah yeah Yeah. seems right sounds like a Mm. show to me i don't really see the problem here Brittany. oh my god what is Brittany's last name pierce thank you i kept coming up with Britney S. Pierce, because she's Britney Spears. That's right. Um, I Hashtag free Britney. Kept, I kept saying Murphy, and I was like, that is an actress, and that is not the right name. Oh, I sad. know, exactly. I know. Sad. I know. <laughs> I know. This is bringing okay. it down. What can I say? I have no desire to talk about the Cheerios in this episode, other okay. than to say, what? Suddenly, their, their thing corresponds... Is at the same time as the football game? Like, what? Yeah. The, the, the point of high school cheerleaders, unfortunately, is to cheer on the team. And they do do competitions, right? Like, not to knock cheerleaders, but, like, they do their competitions at other times, not during the championship football game. That's when they do the cheerleading. So this was, like, a weird conflict. Like, they're not at the same time. It's stupid. Well, wasn't that part of the, one of the plots was that I thought Sue moved the competition. I thought Sue moved one of the things so that they were literally on the same time to make them, make the Cheerios choose. How could, how can she move a state? I know, I know. That's what now I'm trying to be like, did I, did I just like, I don't know. Just because watching the episodes doesn't mean I'm paying attention to the minutia and maybe that's on me, but I have to maintain my sanity somehow. Sue was able to, uh, basically, because they told her she couldn't have, uh, they couldn't, she couldn't fire Brittany out of a cannon. Right. Uh, she had the uh, cheerleading uh, championship competition moved to the same day as the football uh, competition or championship game. So, yeah, basically. you competition. You're, yeah, football competition. <laughs> so basically, you're right. It doesn't, it, that's not how things go, but Sue specifically. Does on Sue. Yeah. Well, because Sue. Yeah. Okay. Still, it's stupid. The rest of the Cheerios thing, I just like the, the Cheerios deciding between Glee and the Cheerios is such like a fake choice on a show called Glee that I don't care. And they've done it before. Like yes. that is not like you, you've been down this road. Yep. It's like the Finn Quinn thing. Like we've done this. I'm tired. Stop. Yeah, I I was pretty, I don't know, neutral on this episode. I it's one of the ones that I didn't remember much. Um, I'm sure I watched it when it aired or when I like went back and rewatched. Mm-hmm. I mean, my my thoughts were like basically all neutral. Um, it was it, it was not the worst episode, but I, it was not very memorable. It just felt very showy on purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, which makes sense if it aired after the Super Bowl. It was mm-hmm. all, you know, all about like leaving an impression with dance numbers and stuff, less about cohesive episode. What did you think of 
Quinn's line in the beginning. I think she's talking to Sue and she says this whole thing. So Sue is like feeling blasé and unfulfilled and nothing is interesting for her anymore. And she says, you keep trying to make it big, uh, make big a bigger mood. spectacle. And it, I just thought it was interesting because it was definitely a commentary both about the show and about media and TV in general. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting because this was only it's barely even the middle of season two and Murphy's already like self-commentating meta about his own show being a bigger and bigger spectacle. And there's so much more to come. I mean, not to mention his entire sitcom of just. Yeah. His whole oeuvre. <laughs> like his entire career of ramping up bigger and bigger nonsensical things. I mean, and it's the entirety of like, yeah. It's the Marvel Universe, right? Like, it just gets bigger and bigger and dumber and dumber. And that's how we are right now. That's, like, our media consumption is bigger, bigger, dumber, dumber, more, more. And we'll get out of it eventually. But I just thought it was an interesting 2000 and, what is this, 10 still? Or are we in 11? 2011. 11 now? Was, 11. Like, that's, that's still early to be commentating on how uh, the spectacle of Glee, when we haven't even gotten to some of the the bigger shit um some of the actual spectacle yeah okay well see i wonder if this is i wonder if this is has any has any note or comment on that um it was written by ian i know but they all read the scripts like it just because it's written by ian just because ian gets the writing credit doesn't mean they all they all contribute yeah it's not like suddenly it yeah absolutely no yeah i guess i guess my, my point was more i wonder if if they gave Ian the writing credit rather than Ryan taking it because it was the, the, the episode right after the Super Bowl and I can see him being like, no, I want that writing credit. I just assume Ryan Murphy is just imminently um, whiny and demanding. Uh, I'm not sure. For the first then, seasons, they traded off. Well, I just wondered if, if, the, if that comment or that line was more of a point from somebody else about Ryan and I can see him just like not caring and leaving it. But um, maybe I guess it, that was my point, not necessarily that it was self-referential from Ryan, but more a point at Ryan. Like, we, you, you do this. I don't know. Maybe. I guess but, I don't ever know. Was it Ian? Who would you say wrote it? Um, Ian wrote it. Brad directed it. Mm. Yeah, so Ryan technically didn't have any credit here despite the fact like he's the producer so like he does but yeah i mean yeah they're all involved oh rib yeah writing credits writing credits are like a whole weird wga thing and like that's okay that's its whole other thing Uh, that is not an area i have any understanding in Mm. so nobody does i'm i'm getting i'm getting that suspicion just based off of what i've seen um on writer strikes and I'm like, there's just, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of, nobody knows what's going on here. Well, what's going on is agents are greedy bastards, but that's another podcast. All right. Well, so let's see. We got, we've got the, the Cheerio storyline that I, I don't care about. The uh, football storyline that I don't understand. Um, I will say the, um, the, the actual halftime episode or not half episode, uh, the halftime song or performance. That was, that's what I want. The halftime performance is really good like okay. that makes no sense because it's in the middle of february but i think it's really good did anybody's high school football games have a fucking halftime show no mine definitely did not. yes <laughs> okay. yes but also no but what's... mine didn't but the ones here in texas do yeah yeah and where are they where's where's glee <clears throat> okay that's maybe not fair because ohio is a bigger football town well, yeah, I mean, you have Ohio State. Um, but uh, I don't think anybody can beat Texas for football ridiculousness. It's mostly just the high school band that comes out and plays. But, like... Yeah, where's the high school band? Were they just, like, I guess we'll perform behind these guys and not get our five yeah. minutes that were important to the school for once? I don't... I Well, see, this is the thing that I... I there is no There is no band leader to fight. And I feel like that is... Um, a big misstep on uh, on the part of of Glee because you goddamn well better anticipate that there is a that there is a band that 
that is like this is the we have one job which we have more than one job but like the one thing we get to do is play play the football game honestly that's Stupid, a rivalry but i'm gonna do it okay the band geeks versus the glee geeks that that's a rivalry that i would actually pay attention to and like more actually has realistic i think yeah it's funnier in some ways where it's just like y'all are both nerds mm-hmm. There's like different flavors of nerds yep and you're just like like fighting in fighting and i think a lot more a lot more viewers could also understand that not super bowl so, viewers <laughs> no they definitely would be lost but that would have been funny a funny but a, a really funny uh episode having instead of it being football versus glee it ends up being surprised the band is pissed that glee keeps trying to take over and do like we're gonna sing at prom we're gonna we're gonna yeah. do the halftime show we're gonna do this and they'll be like do you guys keep continually forgetting we're a thing and we're yeah. here and like that's our job every other group in the school is just yeah. like but we also pay dues it's it's led by um it's led by brad yeah leading a secret underground uh, coalition against like, the And everybody's like, it's like, Brad, we had no idea you ran the band. He's like, yeah, because you never fucking care unless I can start your start playing on the piano for you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. I kind of like the reemergence of the hockey team to slushy the uh, football team. Like, all right. That's the my question. Team. How many That's teams my are- question is what high school had an ice hockey? Mm-hmm. Not mine. Not mine. I mean, mine barely had anything. You will notice, however, these are all men's teams doing this shit to each other. There's no, like, women's lacrosse team showing up slushing these guys. So. No, because the women's lacrosse is like, bitch, we got shit to do. We don't care. So, I, unless we have any other, any other thoughts on McKinley, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say we should, we should jump over to Dalton. Oh, A yeah. little bit of Dalton we saw. All right. <laughs> the, the obviously shoehorned into this episode bit of Dalton that we saw. So, apparently... Series regular Chris Colfer and recurring guest star Darren Chris were not included in the original draft of this script. Nope. They were added by series creator Mur- uh, Ryan Murphy in a Creator-er. later revision. Oh. So, Sounds are right. we saying that Ian Brennan doesn't like Clane? Can we Probably. say that? We say that right now and just like keep that in the back of our minds for later episodes that he writes. Probably useful. Are we going to say Ian, Bre- Ian Brennan is homophobic? I mean, we know. Seems mm-hmm. unlikely. Unlikely. Uh, no, I, I, I don't think he cares about Klein. In fact, that was when Kevin Fallon, uh, writer from The Atlantic, uh, found the episode uh, lacking in Glee's usual acerbic wit and emotional heft, but mostly criticized, criticized the underuse of Chris Golfer and Darren Chris. Yeah, exactly. Because like people are well aware, it's like, oh, these characters are interesting, but also really well played i'm like played mm. like they have good chemistry they have good like it's just this storyline is interesting and this one is rehashing some of the same things and using some characters that are a little bit more like paper dolls than others i mean you know the other, i guess the only thing that i will say against dalton in this episode and maybe the only time i'll say anything against dalton ever is that because it's a weird out of time Super Bowl post Super Bowl episode it is like it, it. They didn't really need to go to a whole other school and further confuse people who are tuning in potentially for the first time. Like one of the main reasons that you you bid for a Super Bowl episode to be the the show that gets the post Super Bowl slot is that you're trying to capture new audience because people watching the Super Bowl aren't necessarily the people who watch your show. And you're going to get a huge ratings bump and potentially get to keep a lot of that audience going forward. So you want to have an episode that's easy to digest, easy to understand, and will keep an audience interested and get them to tune in the next week. So you have streamlined stories, you have fewer characters, and generally not something that's too like intense, right? Mm-hmm. So they were just like very proud of Darren's vocals and just wanted an excuse to show him off. I, I think maybe Ryan Murphy thought that because yeah. Darren was getting popular enough already in his couple outing, in his couple uh, episodes already, mm. that it was worth it to him to include a, a scene 
at Dalton. Well, actually, it was, uh, and then the coffee shop, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's the, there's the which, coffee shop scene, which, yeah. in my opinion, I, I guess either you could cut or it can just try, I, I'm assuming it is explanation or explainer who and what these characters are at Dalton for this song that we just. Well, I mean, to me, if you're trying to do this for a post Super Bowl audience, you cut the music, the musical number, mm-hmm. and you keep the um the coffee shop scene because you've already got two characters in it that the audience has already seen in previous um uh scenes and now you just you're introducing two characters that they already know right blaine and kurt have a relationship with um mercedes and uh what's her face so i just think in introducing Rachel. rachel yes i just think that if you're thinking about it from a business standpoint of like making this an easily digestible episode for a new viewing audience, having a whole separate group of dudes singing a song with zero context is really hard because there's very little explanation that they're rehearsing for a competition because the episode is already geared towards uh, a football championship. And now you're also talking about a, um, cheerleading championship and you're talking about a glee club competition like there's there's too much happening for a first time audience to be invested and to just really catch on to and also no human can make those noises that uh, he makes in the beginning of bills so you know um, I, I do think I do think there is some some accuracy to what you're saying with like especially just one the... way to look at it well, what I I do think there's I do think that it, that has a lot of a lot of merit to it, which is just like okay, one this couple, whether they're not actually a dating couple, but like these these two characters um, have a lot of not just fans, but also there there is very positive critic response, and um, we've had a lot of the songs Darren has has sung previously have done well. We've had um, Teenage Dream, uh, the baby, it's cold outside, as we've talked about still plays on the radio during the holidays and there's a lot of versions of that song that exists mm-hmm. um so clearly like he's darren darren is is a small phenomenon at this point but in within yeah. the Lee universe but i think enough he's making enough waves critically fan base wise that yes ryan goes ryan probably goes i want to show off pretty pony right. everybody look at the pretty pony who can sing really well and don't you now want to keep sing, watching him sing? Yeah, that is. I, I am sure there's there's a bit of that in there where, it, it, like you said, it it was worth some confusion for the potential payoff. That makes sense. It's also on a, on a as a not new viewer, I just really liked watching Bills, Bills, Bills. Yes, there's a lot in Bills, Bills, Bills that's like, uh, Blaine and Warbler tropes you know, of Blaine being the showboat, right? And Blaine jumping on- Showboaty Blaine. Blaine jumping on furniture to feel tall. Um, Blaine- (laughs) Why is he up there? He likes to be tall. Yeah, like Blaine and the Pips. Um, Warbler's obsessively doing acapella music, but making sounds that aren't possible. You know, Um, just just the huge. Continually- (laughs) Continually doing uh, female female recording artists. Yep. And yep. being blamed, blamed is just all about like pop female divas. So you know, there's a lot in there that's very like nostalgia heavy that I appreciate. And a and a slightly a slightly frustrated Kurt. Yes. Yeah. Which was was I I do I do appreciate they actually did put some Kurt being starting to get a little frustrated with some things because I I mean. Spoiler, I still don't think any any level of frustration that he would encounter at Dalton ever makes any sense for him not to stay there. But um, I right. do think that his personality would rub up against the way they do some stuff at Dalton. Mm-hmm. And I, I, do, I do enjoy getting to see, see Sassy Kurt because um, he's kind of been in awe of everything, Kurt. And getting to see the snarkier side come back out is uh i appreciate it but yeah. i like snarky snarky uh kurt um, side note more like kurt what i said it definitely just feels more like kurt yeah like the character that we're familiar with 
Um, as a side note, I continually forget about high, how high-pitched and soft uh, Kurt's voice is in the early mm-hmm. seasons until I go back and rewatch a new episode and then turn it on and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, but Kurt, your voice is just, it's just, it's, it's still high, obviously, later in other seasons, but I think it, it does drop a little bit and I don't think it's quite as soft. But it's just, it's adorable. <laughs> I, I don't know that Sulphur would agree. That, but... <laughs> um, so now that we've discussed why we're throwing in a, why we're throwing in Dalton when technically it doesn't make sense other than the fact that why are we just not always at Dalton and just not um, bothering with McKinley, which honestly is, a fabulous uh, business decision, in my point, in my opinion. Um, let's 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 discuss the enduring fame from this episode. The one thing that just has just gives and gives ten years, mm-hmm. ten years later. Eight, I bet it's eight years later because actually time. But you know right. what I mean. Yeah. Uh, gay Hogwarts. Now y'all y'all talk at me while I eat and we just yeah. talk about this meme. We're gonna post this um this meme, you know. Uh, meme gets overused for what it actually is, but this is a meme, I suppose. Nice. Um, if we're gonna post it on our social media periphery, whatever, all over the place, because if you haven't seen it, we don't know where you've been, and if you don't remember it, you will once you've seen it. Um, but this is the uh, four-panel comic meme of Blaine saying, um, no, I don't want to sound cocky or anything, but you and your ragtag team of poverty-stricken homophobes and enablers better bring it at regionals because me and my boys back at Gay Hogwarts are fucking flawless. Now talk at me while I eat. Mm. And it's and it's I, perfect. I, I <laughs> it still perfect. use the phrase, now talk at me while I eat, yeah. in real life, and mm. nobody gets it. And it is endlessly sad. Yeah. And uh, the the line ragtag, but uh, poverty stricken homophobes and enablers is perfect. Such a fucking burn. I adore it. It's perfect. Uh, I love it. And also uh, gay Hogwarts because, as we all well know, everybody is. I I don't care what they fucking said. Everybody at Dalton is gay. And that is places fucking gay Hogwarts, and you cannot convince me otherwise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is again, why would Kurt? He doesn't. But also, he doesn't. Not not really. Uh, but no, that is. I don't. So let me back up a second here. That has been like one of the things that like there's many things that I endure from the Glee fandom for me that I still enjoy. That like mm-hmm. as I have talked about, not in the last couple episodes, but frequently. I still reread a shit ton of the fic because I firmly believe the worse the writing on, on a TV show, the better the fic. So as we all know, that means the, the fic was amazing. <laughs> I'm not wrong. Um, but uh, this is another one of those things that for me, like certain memes, certain like touch points from the fandom endure. So was excited to get to this episode because I completely forgot where I like I remembered it, but I didn't remember where it came from. Sort mm. of like existed without outside of the the episode. But um, I wanted to do after seeing the episode, I wanted to do a little bit of research to go, hey, who was the first person to make this? Who was the person that like, or who actually just made not the first person to make it? Because I'm sure it wasn't like made multiple times. It was made by one person. Right. Probably reposted a thousand times. Who is the person to make this? Why did you make this? Like how? Like what? Why? How? Like what was the thought process? Do you have any, mm-hmm. you know, thoughts, opinions about it originally? So was trying to trace the uh, the origin of it, and you know, and running into multiple problems. One being on on the internet, it did not seem like if you go into image search, you can find it pretty quickly by typing in like gleaming talk at me while I eat but I was looking on like a new like not news but like just like a regular google search and it wouldn't come up as much as I thought and then I would put in like gleaming gay hogwarts and there would be pages that were like know your memes and they had glee memes and other places like history of glee memes and this one wasn't in there and I'm like okay maybe maybe it's not a meme I think it is but 
I was having difficulty finding it outside of like some Pinterest boards that had had that had pinned it um, and then on Tumblr. So my thought process here being um, maybe it didn't actually pervade further than Tumblr. Maybe like Tumblr fandom is kind of where this lived and didn't get any further than that. I don't know. Um, By the way, typing in gay Hogwarts into Google takes you down a very different road. Not not a worse road. It's a very good road. It's just a very different road for a very different podcast. Exactly. And that that and that road did not did not help at all. So yeah, I guess my my thought process here being, I guess this meme literally existed within the fandom of, of like the Tumblr fandom, which is kind of bonkers to me to realize how large and encompassing that was, both in like breadth as well of, of like people, but also breadth in my life at that point. Yeah. Um, and also just like in that it didn't translate and like expand. So like also, what happened in fan? It may not have expanded past fandom a lot, but if you type the phrase talk at me while I eat into Twitter with like quotation marks around it, a lot of people have turned that into like a casual phrase they use. I ha- I did not like do a Twitter search and that is way smarter than trying to just do a Google search. That makes way more sense. You're going to have more people on, on Twitter that are going to be familiar with the, uh, the vernacular of the youth, mm-hmm. as I say. The other thing is we, you know, we kind of hunted back on Tumblr to find it. And because problem is you cowards keep deleting your Tumblrs. And I know some of I you mean, have legitimate reasons to delete your Tumblrs, but could you at least just make it an archive so people like me can stock them until I'm 60? Because there's some really good fandom shit and you delete it. And I get that maybe you're embarrassed by what you liked when you were 16, but don't be embarrassed. Embrace it. We all like weird shit, and that is fine. Maybe you said some stuff when you were 15, and that is also fine. Sometimes. Stop deleting your tumblers. It's rude. Uh, but if you are the person who posted, like, created the gay Hogwarts talk at me while I eat, let us know. Like, we don't have anything to give you other than, and like, if you don't want to be known publicly as the person who made the talk at me while I eat meme, that's fine. We want to know who you are. Like, drop us a DM, email us, uh, put a bat signal in the air or some shit. Like, just let us know so it's not eating at our soul. Also, can I just put a request that it be the bat signal? <laughs> yes. That's what I want. Yeah. Bat signal us because that is, that is the only form of communication I am taking now. That and Raven, only two. If you are out there, fucking let us know. And or if you know who the person is, make yeah. them come forward. We just, I, I just, I'm just, I have questions and, and mm-hmm. they may not be able to answer them because it may just be like, it randomly came out of my head. I don't know. I'm just That's also, fine. that's fine. It can randomly come out of your head, but I want to know. Anyway. It's such, a, it's such an amazingly interesting fandom moment that came out of literally nothing in the, in the, in the show. Yeah. Cause I'm like, it's, the the episode like in the episode is fine right i mean blaine is kind of cocky even though he goes i don't want to be cocky but like he is because right that, this is back when we have like show Bodie cocky blaine and uh i don't know if it's like uh coming out of coming out of that ridiculousness but like the rest of the scene is normal perfectly standard mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh yeah, I don't. I don't really have any other any other notes to to say on on Dalton. Also, oh, other than again, where are the teachers? Yeah, what what teachers? Yeah, exactly. Maybe that maybe that's the thing. Not only is Dalton's warbler the warbler uh, uh, glee club um, all run by a council, but also all classes are taught by students and council. Yeah. And uh, who knows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I don't see a problem with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They seem to be seem to be doing fine uh, clearly uh, clearly because i mean they're supposed to be one of the the most academically challenging so like yeah. clearly they're fine somewhere in there they take french right or history i don't remember do they take french or is that another fandom thing i don't remember the amount of the amount of shit in my brain that i'm like i can't remember did that actually happen yeah, or did i just funny. read so many so much fic that agreed with it that now it's just like yeah no that's a thing 
yeah. That being said, I mean, like, like Carol being a nurse, and that being canon, because that's canon. It's, I will defend it, this hill. That's, that's the hill that we're going to die on. That, that is the hill I'm defending, and that is the hill I'm dying on, apparently. Um, okay. All right. All right. Well, okay. So we talked briefly about this earlier in the at the top of the episode, but um, going back to the music, yes. and uh, did you guys have a have a favorite performance? I mean, I I will. I'm almost always going to default to the Warblers because I'm a simple person. Um, I, Bills, Bills, Bills is like fun. There's some cool, like groovy. It's a terrible competition number, right? Like there's hardly any dancing. There's a lot of single person singing. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a ton of McKinley. I know, right? There's really no, there's no two-stepping. They're just kind of standing around a dude in a circle. Um, I love it. They're cute. But Heads Will Roll is just a great performance. Um, I actually have a picking a favorite song. I mean, like I, I like like you. I'm a simple person, and I want to naturally go towards Bills, Bills, Bills for obvious reasons because it's old school Warbler Blaine, and I adore old school Warbler Blaine. Um, yeah. That said, um, Heads Will Roll is fucking phenomenal, and uh, I think just like the ma- the mashups are hard to do well, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of like I I adore good mashups. They're it's like one of my favorite things to listen to. We'll always listen to good mashups, and a lot of them can. And mm. Thriller Heads Will Roll is a really good uh, example of a mashup. So much that it ended up on one of the Best of Booty soundtracks because uh, that was one of the better mashups of the entire year across the world from all DJs. I know. I fucking adore that song. And uh, had it on like my, like my running playlist for the long ass time. And yeah. the um, the makeup and the special effects and all of that is is really really fun to watch. All that being said, um, she's not there is also, in my opinion, one of the strongest performances from Corey. Because mm. I'm like, granted, it's not it does not require him to have a strong, you know, vocal skills. Mm-hmm. But um, I the song itself is just really cool. And the way they they uh, shot it on the um on the episode, I also think was just I was like that this song works for him. He doesn't have the strongest voice, but you know he can carry a note and carry a tune, and he works better when he's got like some ensemble with him. And yeah. uh, I just I I it's not gonna say it's not my favorite, but it is I, I do really enjoy it. Yeah, it's good. Uh, Mandy, thoughts? Well, now I feel really bad having, like, less passionate opinions about things. I think I need to answer before you next time. Uh. Um, This won't always happen that I feel. I quite literally have all of these songs still on my my iTunes because I do really like these. Yeah, I just wasn't super impressed by any of the music in the episode. And it's not that I don't think that they were impressive because, like, the thriller and Heads Will Roll, like, watching it, I totally get, like, if you like those songs and that style of music, why it's really good. Um, I just don't, I'm not a big Michael Jackson fan to begin with. Um, okay, that to is be fair. Fair, Michael Jackson fan. It's really hard right now. True. <laughs> Very true. Um, Which is going to be a really hard thing to talk about in another season. Yeah. Hadn't thought about that yet. It's going to get real awkward. Yeah. Bill's Look, that episode, I'm just going to focus on Kurt's, like, hip roll, and, <laughs> and and then Blaine's, like, jumping on the top of his toes, and that's the the entire fucking episode to me. <laughs> Honestly, we can skip Don't it. care. Can we'll we just watch, about... the, can we watch those scenes? Can we watch those? Yeah. We'll, we'll figure that out later. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I'm I like... For future podcasts. <laughs> I liked Bill's, Bill's, Bill's because it was, you know... Warblers playing. It's not the top of my list of favorite Warbler songs ever, though. So it was good for the episode. That would be an interesting uh, list. Favorite yeah. Warbler songs. We may have to do that at some point. I'm. I, I feel like slightly guilty because most of my favorite Warbler songs were Darren Lee. Wow, man, I, really? I really like Whistle. <laughs> uh, 
Okay. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, whistle would would be yeah. on my list. Not gonna lie. Yeah. I I think uh back when I like actively use iTunes, which I don't really anymore. Um, whistle was listened to song for like two years. That's amazing. I have a whole mini episode just about whistle. Yeah. Um, that that was your ringtone for a while, right? My or was that just your ringtone for me? It was just for you. <laughs> that was okay. not originally. <laughs> Fabulous. Yeah, to be fair, that is a fucking good ass song. No idea why the our Dalton decided to be like, Sebastian, we need you to sing a song about blowjobs. That's gonna win us a win us a spot on regionals, but I'm here for it. I think we know how that happened. Oh, I'm sure we know how. <laughs> oh boy. Can't wait. Uh, Can't that is a, that is a, that is another podcast. God damn it, so many podcasts. What we have to do. Yeah. All right. So yeah, we favorite song. Do we have a favorite line? I, I didn't write it down. My favorite line is not an actual line from the show. It's uh, talking to me while we eat. So I'll eat yeah. So that's yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go with that meme is my favorite line from the episode. Yes. Agreed. Uh, that agreed. That's fair. Um, do uh, so the Kevin scale. He got flushed. Mm-hmm. He also mm-hmm. named, didn't he? Mm-hmm. He was on the. He was yeah. in the um. The Hedzel role and uh, some football. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, I did like a two, two and a half. Like, I didn't really feel like there were standout moments for me. But I'm like, you were there. I saw you. Yeah. You didn't do yeah. stuff that made me go, God damn it, Artie. Yeah. Two and a half is fine. All right, all right. Now the clean deck. There wasn't a ton of clean. There was some blame, but there wasn't a lot of clean happening. Yeah. They had like, you know There was the Blaine likes football, I like scarves line. Yeah. And and it does sound so old married couple, it's adorable. Blaine did go to the football game and sat with the Hummel Anderson the, the Hummel Andersons. Wow. The um <laughs> jump in the gun. Oh, get there. Jump in the gun. Did sit with um the Hummels. So, you know, he was meeting the in laws. Was this was this the first meeting the in laws? Well, he didn't ever speak to Bert or Carol on screen, so we have to assume we've that gotta, we've got to imagine that he didn't just like show up and like yeah. ignore them. Yeah, he this was... is Blaine Anderson, dapper, charming lead of the of the Dalton Warblers. He would have brought he would have brought Carol a present flowers. as soon as he came over. Yes, he would have brought her flowers or like a pie, <laughs> handmade pie. I'm, per- I'm sure he's perfectly polite. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, exactly. It's like, even though it's like, this isn't my friend, I'm, I'm meeting your parents. So, and probably brought like, I don't know, like Bert, like a bouquet of wrenches or something. I don't know. <laughs> bouquet of wrenches. I don't know. <laughs> Just like, like if he was, if he was over 21, I would have said he would have brought Bert like a, like a really nice bottle of scotch. Cause he's just like, that's him. So it's like, he's just like, oh, I just, I just had this, and it's so great to finally meet you, Bert. And like, you're just here as you know, my my friend's father, but like, here's an expensive, like, hundred and twenty dollar bottle of scotch, and yeah, that would be plain. Rich. He seems rich. Honestly, he probably just did that anyway. Yeah. So I was just like, this is this is uh, Anderson. That's Scottish, right? Uh, sure. Now you're very from the Anderson. Fanon and not Canon. <laughs> we don't probably don't know anything about his background. We don't. Not at this point. None of this. I, we don't even know that he's Anderson, to be fair. We don't, we don't know anything about him. Right now, he's still Blaine Warbler. <sighs> Fuck. Anyway. Uh, okay. Because he went on a semi-date with the parents. A chaperone date. A yeah. date that he didn't know was a date until later. Uh, because he's a moron and super oblivious. Uh, Blaine. Seems fair. All right. So I mean, I guess, I guess, uh, did we, did we actually give a number, or did we just keep talking? I put down a four because I got, I picked a four. Yeah, that's fine. No, that, I, I can stand behind that. All right. I chose. Uh, I think, I think that's that that counts. That's fine. I'm down with that. Um, okay. Well, uh, I think, I think, does anybody have any last lingering thoughts, feelings, haikus, anything they need to get off their chest? Um, well then, uh, that's been our whole episode on uh, Sue Sylvester Shuffle, and that's what you missed on Glee. 
Get a whole new perspective on Ram 1500 and Ram Heavy Duty. Motor Trend's back-to-back truck of the year at the Ram Start Something New sales event. Now during Owner Appreciation Month, financing at $11,250 in total values on the 2019 Ram 1500 Classic Bighorn Crew Cab. Hurry in for great deals during the Ram Start Something New sales event. Financing for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Not all buyers will qualify. Package values based on combined value of package items. Residency restrictions apply. Take delivery from dealer stock by 2-3-2020. At Farmers Insurance, we know that a bundle of joy can sound like many different things. But to us, a bundle of joy sounds a little more like this. Because we know when you bundle your home and auto insurance with farmers, you could save an average of 20%. Really? My bundle of joy just makes a lot of drool. Ah, the joys of parenthood. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.